Comments made on the Ceratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratech Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. Welcome, everyone, to episode 32 of That Android Show. And today, it's just two blokes talking. It's myself, Joe Steinkamp, and Steve Nutt of Comp Room. Hey, how are you doing, yeah. Steve? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing, Joe? I it's a bit lonely here, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> it's just it's kind of weird, but we're recording in true time the day after the Apple event. And uh, I, I just imagine that JJ and Anna are just too blown away by all the copying in Cupertino. I think I think it was just too much for them. <laughs> did you say the copying in Cupertino, did you? Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Something to that effect. But we'll get to that in a bit uh, and possibly a demo or two all after the news. Well, we're going to get to a couple of follow-ups here. Uh, Marco, who we talked about last month from Mozilla, uh, dropped out at day 18 of his I'm going to take on Android for 30 days. Uh, He also moved his blog, if you want to go back and read uh, his second attempt at trying to live in the Android universe. And we have that link in the show notes at thatandroidshow.com. Steve, we briefly talked about this before going on air. It seemed kind of weird, some of the reasonings why he just kind of stopped. Yeah, to to me, I mean, reading that blog from day one to 17, he's sort of, oh, I like this app and I like this app and I like that app and it's really good, this app, and I'm getting on really well. And then 18, he couldn't turn his screen off and then he spit the dummy, didn't he, pretty much? Seems really Um, weird. It does seem weird. I I think he had a bad day and he thought, I don't want to do this no more and just, you know, that's the impression I got. I might be wrong, but that's how I read the Right, the that's, that's the, the tone at which it came off where he stopped. And he didn't really go too for much further than that on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter and I've looked at a couple of comments back and forth. And people did say, wait a minute, you know, there are on the TouchWiz, under accessibility, TouchWiz has a screen curtain of sorts. Uh, it is a screen curtain, they just call it something different. And then Steve, you were mentioning that there were a couple of apps out there that could do the same thing. Yeah, I think one's called Filters and one's called Shades. I don't have them, but I believe there's Filters and Shades, and I believe both of them turn the screen completely off, so it really is. Samsung's one's called Dark Screen, isn't it, I believe? And and that, again, I, I don't use it, but it. I don't know, Joe. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you feel. I understand that blind people want to turn the screen off for privacy and save the battery and all that lot. bit odd, though, isn't it? out in the public, you know, sitting there with a phone with no screen, with your headphones on, and it looks like you're doing nothing, doesn't it? (laughs) What do you think? I think there were other ways to do this as well. I mean, there was certainly the ability to adjust brightness. Um, There were, you know, I've seen people do that to have a permanent solution to screen curtain. (laughs) (laughs) I may have actually accidentally did that to myself while talking to uh, Siri or playing with a control center in... uh, and the iPad and stuff where I was like, oh, no, I made it everything go away. I, I'm kind of reminded <laughs> years ago, I used to work at Gateway Computer as a contractor, and I got a call once from somebody who had, <laughs> the text couldn't help, and they sent it to me being visually impaired, which I thought was kind of funny because she said, I've, I've got a problem. I turned background colors, foreground colors, text, and effects to black. 
<laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> okay yes. now, there, you know, I, and uh, I, did I was that teaching years her ago. keystrokes to, to, to fix it. I did that years ago in the days of DOS. Um, I used to work for an <laughs> insurance company and we had DOS and I set my boss's screen to black on black. <laughs> and because my screen reader just carried on working just fine, you know. That was good. <laughs> You know, it's um, great stuff. I see the need and the reason for it, and it certainly makes a lot of things, but it seems just really, I mean, the Android has its faults. We've never shied away from that on this show. As much as people think that we are fanboys extraordinaire, um, I would point to the uh, Triple Click uh, April Fool's show as a reason for why we completely are not. We, we talk about both platforms very evenly, but I think there were a lot bigger things that could have been a stumbling block than this. This just seemed really strange. I mean, to each his own. I mean, yeah. Marco's got I mean, his we, reasons. We we do have our devices too. Um, That's correct. Both of us. You do yeah. and I do. Correct. And and, and I'm seen as 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 the the uh, Apple curmudgeon on the Saratok staff. But you know, the irony of that is, is I actually have two iPads and a Mac sitting over here next to me. So um, <laughs> I, I think that's a little funny. But you know, you have to know the platform in order to know what you do and do not like about it. And living in that platform is super important. It's kind of why we don't talk about Windows Phone all that much. Anyway. I, think, I, I, I think they're also, Joe, before we before we leave poor old Marco, I, I think yes. there's a little bit of an element of, I don't want this to work because I like Apple. You know, you know what I mean? I don't, it's, I, don't want to, I don't want to think about that because Marco has been a guest on this program and Firefox for Android is phenomenal. So it maybe is, yes. it's a yeah. personal thing and that I feel best in that and that's okay. There's... There are some people I'm, I'm who can drive wrong. stick and some people who can drive automatic and some people yeah. who cannot use either very well. Mm -hmm. um, so they stay yeah. on one versus the other. And, you know, in this world where we're looking at, golly, at least this month, you know, an upgrade to two operating systems, one desktop, one mobile, and possibly the new version of Windows, I don't blame people for saying, hey, I don't want to learn all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, I suppose what I'm saying though, Joe, is I mean, I think I'd be the same if, for example, I mean, I know Windows and I know JAWS pretty well in the right. Windows arena. But if someone yeah. said to me, you know, you've got to use JAWS for 30 days solid, um, that would depress me no end. But um, <laughs> You know, the, the yeah. irony is, is that that's exactly what Marco did. Right, yeah. and that's what's yeah. what he yeah. uh, he ex, um, extols so the, I, the I, awesomeness yeah. of NVDA uh, because yeah. of his experience of having to use you know Jaws, uh, I believe, at the latest version. Um, mm -hmm. So he is very uh, very good at explaining that in his tweets. And again, it's everybody has an opinion, and everybody likes a certain flavor of ice cream. So I'm not going to yeah. tell anybody yeah. chocolate or vanilla exactly. is better than the other. So because no. no. some of us uh, in what we do as our daily lives have to. Use all of them. <laughs> so. my, my, own, my only disappointment, though, Joe, is that he actually said, I'm going to do this for 30 days and then quit after day 18 or 17. Right. right. right? And, and you, you know, if you're going to do it, it, it doesn't sound like he was serious enough, if you like. If, if I was going to do that, I would do it for the whole 30 days and say, look, this is shit. I don't want to ever do that again. You know. Right. And that would be fair enough. But he quit, you know, just halfway. And I think Sorry, I asked him. Up, I, asked, I asked him. Well, I asked him. Would L change anything? And he said that he had been playing with the public versions that have been released of L. And mm. he said that, in his opinion, that things hadn't changed that much for L because that was something we said last month too. Was mm. maybe his opinion, or maybe he would rethink this with L. And so I did ask him that on Twitter, and he had kind of sort yeah. of said that. That was yeah. not the only controversy to Android. There was uh, some follow-ups, uh, Chris. 
who has been known for writing all sorts of crazy articles about crazy things in this world, and I'm a longtime reader of Chris Hofstetter's work, but Android popped up into conversation again shortly after Marco announced that he was going to stop for a while, and that rallied the troops on fanboy versus fanboy to kind of make some comments. There were some positive comments about Android in there as well. We don't want to dwell on this too much, but I think it's important for people to know the conversation by some people that are happening out there about what Android is or isn't or what they prefer. Because for those of us who use it on a daily basis or those of you who listen to this show know that there are things about the platform, like any platform, Windows or anything, that are good and bad. The good thing is is that this platform, more than any other, changes very rapidly. And something you might not like today might be fixed tomorrow. In fact, in the previous Mm. version of the 30 days of Android that uh, Marco did, as JJ noted on episode 31, that the things that he complained about last year were fixed. So these things happen. I have not listened to this uh, accessibility review of the new Speria. Um, I've not really used too many Sony products on Android either. Have you played with any of these, Steve? No, I haven't, Joe, to be be fair. I haven't played with any of the... um, isn't it pronounced Xperia? Uh, as, sure. As in experience. Sure. In in marketing, what? Let's go ahead and say that. Um, <laughs> I try not to. You know, using yeah. a screen reader, you try never to assume what it might actually <laughs> sound like. You go looking yeah. for it on the internet to see if somebody has spoken about it in a Sony video, so you know how to pronounce it. I haven't played with a, a Sony Xperia. I haven't played with any. Sony devices. I know a lot of people like the earlier ones because they all have slide-out keyboards. In another follow-up story, it seems that Amazon has finally come to the Android uh, in that we have uh, video, which is something JJ has talked about a lot in that uh, he was hoping that instant video would come to Android. Steve, you have an opinion about this app. Well, I don't really because I haven't really played with it yet. I, I installed <laughs> Amazon. I installed Amazon tonight and... What happened was the first thing it gave me was free app of the day, Amazon Prime Instant. So you have to install this Amazon Prime Instant uh, app from the Amazon store, which I haven't got around to yet. But when I actually clicked on the link, it was a weird web page that was in WebView and it was just refreshing, 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 refreshing. And, and TalkBack was talking and talking and talking and talking. And I think I had to give up because my tea was ready or something like that. But I thought, ooh. Recursive, recursive, too, recursive, too, recursive. Yeah, it was recursive, <laughs> yeah. And and I thought, oh, I'll have a look at that later on. And of course, then we got to the time to record the show, so I haven't been able to look at it yet. But yeah, that's me really either. as far as I've got. It's a web view, really. It's the same way that I haven't had an opportunity to look at uh, Google Hangouts has now merged Google Voice inside it, and there is now a Google Hangout dialer um, link in the show notes. I haven't had a chance to mess with that either, but this was something we had speculated even a year ago was going to happen, that we were going to see more consolidation of Google services and merging And uh, it seems like you can make free calls in the U.S. at least with Google Hangouts. I will admit that when the Verizon version of messaging updated and kind of broke things for TalkBack and that a lot of buttons weren't labeled and options were not easily found, JJ recommended that I use the Samsung messaging app, which is what I've done. I've flipped over to that now. I just could never see myself using Hangouts as my default messaging anything, you know, like my calls go through there or my SMS goes through there or my Google texts go through there. I'm just, 
I am a Google fan, but I can't go that far yet for some reason. I like Hangouts for SMS. Do you? Yeah, I do. Because it tells you unread messages, how many you've got, you know, things like that that the others don't seem to do. It's almost too verbose in the way it speaks, but it gives you all the, you know, the information about the time of the message and and things like that. And, and yeah, I, I just find that Hangouts works. And because Hangouts is on my Nexus 5, right. I thought I'll, I'll use it on Samsung and then I've got a, a, a same interface, if you like, and I haven't got to worry about Samsung Messenger on one machine and right. um, Hangouts on the other machine. You know, right. So I just, I just made Hangouts my default messaging app. But you can turn that off. It might be worth trying it, Joe. You might be pleasantly surprised. It's incredibly bright visually. And, is um, it? Yeah, I wouldn't when know. I, when, well, no, I understand. I understand. Byron and I have talked about this once or twice. Yeah. When we moved into, I would say, probably 4.2, and we started to go to the brighter, whiter screens or the yellow and greenish kind of thing that both Android and iOS do, that was a glare magnet. And there's just something about flipping out of some of my default screens into that blindingly white background on Hangouts that I just, I don't know. It do, it just kind of sort of hits me. And there are, I don't know that there are too many ways to change the default coloring within Hangouts, which is kind of strange. Because usually there, there's a yeah. lot of themes now in Gmail, uh, not on the mobile mm. version, but on the desktop version. And you can actually change the way Gmail looks and put on a darker theme. And yeah. that's kind of helpful. But those things don't necessarily cross over, which is a shame because... As much as we're seeing more and more operating systems try to give you the same experience on any device so it feels comfortable yeah. to you, there's still some services yeah. that don't necessarily alter themselves from a default view that you've set on one device or another. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, for speech, from purely from talkback point of view, I like Hangouts. Um, it works, and so that's... It's better labeled than most, I will say that. Is, even yeah. um, I think even the some of the version, uh, yeah. emoticons have started to get yeah. labeled again. They have, uh, yeah. For a while, those were broken. And the iOS version of Hangouts is pretty good, too. Uh, finally, again, that, that didn't happen yeah. until, what, mid-July, I think, like summer. For a while, it got broke, really, really broke. We've done a demo about Hangouts on this very program, Ricky Inger and I, and we've considered doing an update to that that may involve me playing with SMS at some point. I'll tell you what I really want to play with. Google has some changes to object recognition coming. And uh, oh, along yes. with that, they announced the cartographer. And the cartographer, which sounds like a Matrix character, uh, <laughs> is a part of their indoor mapping. Uh, and mm. they've moved the Google Street View backpacks to being a Google indoor mapping backpack. And it allows for some autonomous mapping to happen. Now, pair this with this object recognition technology that's linked here in the show notes. They're able to walk into a room and identify a lot of products. Now, we've talked about this a little bit before with object recognition in that Amazon can look at things and tell you what it is by pointing your camera at it. However, in a lot of those situations, it's looking for product packaging, not the actual product, not like uh, they're looking at a, a cotton swab and then it knows it's a cotton swab. No, it had to see the box of cotton swabs to say, you know, oh, these are cotton swabs. Google is really moving towards it walks into a room and kind of knows what a lot of these things are. You know, that's not just a chair. That's an Ikea chair. And I'm looking forward to that. I must yeah, say. Yeah. You know, Ray Kurzweil has talked about this for years that he saw yeah. one day that you would raise something like the KNFB reader up and it would say Joe and, and Steve sitting at a table. And I've mentioned that story a couple of times on a couple of our shows. 
but it really influenced me because it wasn't that long ago that he said that. And mm. it's just spooky to think that uh, we're getting there really quickly. And yeah. this whole race between Apple and Google for indoor mapping, the new iPhone has a barometer in it for checking elevation. So yep. it knows that you climbed a flight of stairs or gone up a ramp. That is fantastic because it is another mobility aid that we'll be able to use. And I think yep. that's going to be amazing what's coming in a couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah, it is It is exciting. And, of course, I can see other uses for that. You know, you go in a shopping mall and you can walk around shops and have it tell you what the objects are. You know, that's... Or if you could teach it things so you could yeah. go to site Village yeah. and you would know what yeah. booth was what by what's on the table. Yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, oh, it'd man. be great. Just, it? just, oh, my goodness. Um, I... You're a Nokia fan of a sort. You used a lot of Symbian and uh, played with a lot of Nokia products there in the U of K. Did you ever get to play with the Peer Maps? No. Okay. You think that's going to be interesting that it's coming to Android and and that maybe that would be accessible? Yes, that that would be another interesting one because Nokia Maps were always good. Uh, it's pronounced Nokia, by the way, not Nokia. Oh, the Americans I'm, always get it wrong. I'm just an American it's, brute. What can a, I it's say? A, it's a Finnish village, I believe. Oh. Oh, you go. And it's pronounced All right. Nokia. Fine, you're, you're going to jump on me saying about tomato so, next. Thought I'd let you know. <laughs> I appreciate that. We'll get through all the stereotypical ones, tomato and roundabout. <laughs> and all the rest and, of them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. We ruined we, we the language. We ruined know. the language. <laughs> Although, ask a French Canadian to speak French in front of a French person. That would be. Anyway, <laughs> there is yeah, that. Get, get, getting back to that, I've only played with Nokia Maps that was on Symbian. Uh-huh. And that was pretty good. With Looks to be somewhat of a port um, yeah. from what's being said. It's a possibility yeah. that it could work with TalkBack. But I think it's interesting because Microsoft updated their version of the X, that Android phone that's mostly in India, Microsoft isn't necessarily walking away from the Nokia X line. In Mm. fact, they may be trying to bolster it because them and Samsung and others are really interested in picking up uh, Cyanogen. How Mm. interesting is that, boys and girls? Absolutely. Um, The move by Cyanogen to release their own phone and move towards becoming an IP there were a lot of people that thought that this would make them ripe for acquisition, whether good or bad or planned. Mm-hmm. Um, but it mm-hmm. certainly seems to be, I, I guess the only thing I can say is remember how Linux was starting to have some stickiness and then corporations went, Hmm, you've reached critical mass. We'd like to <laughs> own you. And that's yes. what this feels like was yeah. outside of the Google ASOPs, this one seems to stand head and shoulders above the rest. I guess next to Kindle Fire OS would be the only one I could really point to. And that just looks like something you should own, I guess, as a company because there's a lot of users there. Yeah. Talking of Fire OS, um, Kindle um, Fire Phone is, re- <laughs> Fire is released. Is Fire Phone is released in the UK this month, isn't it? Is it going to be as cheap uh, as it is now in the United States since they've only rumored sold about 35,000 is the uh, what some tech uh, sites are reporting? Goodness and that knows, but is it accessible? 99 cents in the United States on a two-year contract. So did, didn't this I is hear, no though, different than the Firefox phone earlier did, this year. Did, didn't I hear, though, that Walmart in the U.S. is selling um, uh, iPhone 5Cs for 79 cents or something? 
I think it's free if you buy two packets of cereal. I think it's. <laughs> Uh, and by, and I, and I, I'm erroneously said Firefox OS. I meant to say, uh, fire. I mean, I meant to say fire OS. Yeah. I meant to say <laughs> Facebook. There was, there oh, was Facebook. definitely an F in there somewhere. Um, yeah. but Facebook, uh, did their own phone kind of thing and mm, that mm. didn't go over very well either. And mm. I, I, I just don't know that some of these brands can extend. It's kind of like we were talking about with Tesco last month. I don't know that mm. some of these things can reach outside their general parameters and, if somebody sees a well, a, a Firefox is a good example. If somebody sees that Firefox is a browser and they don't necessarily see it as an operating system on a phone, um, mm. a lot of people might run to a brand because it's familiar, but then pick it up and go, "Wait a minute, this isn't anything like what I know it to be." And I think mm. Facebook runs into that a great deal. I don't. I think them not folding in things like WhatsApp or mm. Instagram into being Facebook Instagram was a good thing because there are more companies. Not doing what Google does. Google will grab you, yeah. Apple will grab you, and then just deprecate you. Just, yeah. that's gone, that service is gone, that URL is gone, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you belong to us now, uh, resistance yeah. is futile, and <laughs> here you come in. And there does seem to be a new thing in technology where those brands can exist or where, I think we're going to see that with Songza, is Apple's, mm. uh, excuse me, Google's, I'm just going all over the place today. Google's uh, acquisition of songs that kind of sort of leaves it open there for them to exist on their own. Yeah, yeah. Talking of Facebook, there, there is something which isn't in the general news, but I had a very encouraging email from Facebook Accessibility because my beef with Facebook is that if you go into the friends list, it's a web view that you can't read in Android. And right. so I, I wrote to them and I said, look, you know, the iOS version has a native list of friends. It's not a web view at all. You know, it doesn't go into any kind of web view. They wrote back to me and said, yeah, we're going to make the Android version native as well, and then it will be more accessible. So that's cool. There does seem to be, and this is a this is a statement I really wish JJ was here to kind of sort of back things up on, there does seem to be a push and pull situation going on with native versus web apps. I mean, but I believe the, the feeling was for a long time that web apps would get you cross-platform and made life easier. And there mm. does seem to be a little bit of a rotation on that back to native apps. And then there are some yeah. people who've done the exact opposite. But there does seem to be a bit of a waffling and trend again towards not doing everything in a web view. It just really depends on the who, what, when, and where. Netflix mm. is a perfect example of that where yeah. and, they, and they are not upset about yeah. changing their output at all. No, and, and Netflix is pretty accessible. Nowadays, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. even more so than versions on other platforms. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad I can't tell Google Now to bring up Netflix. Uh, Google Now <laughs> tips. There are twenty tips here. Uh, there are even one or two that I wasn't aware. You know, we one of the things that comes into that Android show all the time is, can we discuss more about Google Now? Can we do a demonstration of Google Now? Or I believe Anna has asked me on more than one or two occasions to do more of a deep dive on Google now. I hesitate in always doing that because these things change so often. And in fact, there was a really good video out not too long ago about Cortana versus Siri versus Google now. And mm. each one of them excels in certain ways over the other. Yeah. Um, did any of these tips strike you, Steve, or do you use Google now just as much as you did before? I mean, we've featured other apps that are like it in the past on our show. Yeah. Uh, I, I use um, Google Now really primarily as my 
main voice assistant now because I found there were too many limitations in the others. You know, Google now would do one thing well, the others would do one thing well. So if you wanted everything, you had to switch and think, I got. In the end, I thought, I can't be bothered. I've got too many voice assistant apps installed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how, how much battery Android would you phone? like to drain, you know? <laughs> exactly. Have them all, all listen at the same yeah. time. <laughs> I wish OK Google would work properly. We'd talk I really do, too. Really and I've got a wish. real weird thing going on on the S5. And uh, Ricky on staff recommended that I try this with headphones to see if it alleviated it. But the last word on my Galaxy S5 is forgotten in texts. So, really? Oh, it is the most annoying thing I have found. So I will text somebody, when you go to the store, make sure you pick up and it stops. It doesn't get like milk, <laughs> bread. Yeah. It just... <laughs> So oh, no. I'm I'm usually saying make sure you pick up bread period 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 you know just to make sure I get past it and I've been dictating out in the field and people have looked at me like I have a stutter or something and it's Are it's, you using S voice though or Google Joe? I believe that defaults to Cuz it defaults Google to S voice. voice but as my synth I believe I'm using S voice. I I should actually sit down and play with it and default back to Google TTS. It's just I find TTS sometimes can be a battery killer. I'm not talking about the TTS. I'm talking about Oh, no, for the dictation? No, it's totally Google. It's totally Google. Okay, fair enough, because I found that voice to be not nearly as good as Google. Um, You know, um, in a a recent update to the Samsung software outside of the Verizon one I mentioned earlier, I have noticed hmm. that S-Voice has gotten a little better with my contacts, especially if I was to say, uh, you know, uh, call Fred Flintstone mobile. Hmm. It would then come up and go, Fred Flintstone has three contacts. Would you like to choose yeah. one? Yes, I said mobile already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Google works. Google works okay with with me with that. Um, I used to have one problem with uh, Google Now, which I no longer have, and it's a very interesting problem. And it happened on Nokia phones, which had voice recognition as well. I had one particular lady called Michelle with one L, and it would never recognize her. You know, so I could say text Michelle. And it would come up, do you want Michelle A, Michelle B, Michelle C? <laughs> and it would never bring up this lady with one L because it didn't consider her to be a Michelle, you know. Um, and, you know, I'm going, for God's sake, you know, Michelle is, you know, can be with one L. You know, don't be, don't be silly, you know. And right. now, of course, Google integrates with your contacts. Um, and if, if I say text Michelle, you know, they all come up now in alphabetical order or, you know, if I say, you know, text the right one, it always works. You know, this was a really weird problem um, and it's a, it, the business of it not recognizing, you know, that particular way of saying it as a word, you know. I run into this problem for our podcast all the time and before I start to lament about this, dear listeners, please understand that this is a problem I'm happy to have, but this is something that tech people run into, which is, I'm still trying to decide what parts of TouchWiz I like using versus the Google integration parts that I'm used to using from my Moto. And that means that I'm having to really look at a program like SMS or something like that and decide, no, this is really worth using or this is more accessible than the other. And as of this morning with the update to 4.4, I now have to reset all of that because sometimes the experience will change and I need to sit down and think about that all over again. TouchWiz, as we get into my demo about launcher versus TouchWiz, is very helpful and extremely nice. 
versus the figure it out on your own kind of stock philosophy. And so I'm having a lot of those things where I'm not exactly sure what I want, what I anticipate, and what I expect when I go to use an app. And you know that, Steve, from using so many different phones at your business, um, you can carry some of those expectations over to a platform that does not allow for those to be you can, kind yes. of expected. Yeah. But I was going to say what I love about TouchWiz is the feedback it gives you when you move an app around a screen. Mm-hmm. You know, like it says you're in row one, column three, or row three, column five. And, and I think Google should learn from that. It's really good. I agree. And especially if you go into the camera app and it recognizes that you have talk back on, and so it adjusts itself. And I accidentally went into multi-view and immediately gave me a box. This is not talk back friendly. Just thought you should know. Did you get a thing come up, Joe, that said TalkBack wants to take control of your camera? Do you, do you accept it? Yes. yes. Or, okay, or cancel. Yep. I got that, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. I didn't expect that. I had to take a picture in a hurry, <laughs> and I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. And so I was kind of like really conflicted because it was like, ooh, what's that? Oh, I got to take this picture. Ooh, what's that? Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. I was like, oh, now you tell me. I really want to know more about this, but I really need to take this picture because most of the time pictures are... I think it's got talking face detection now, isn't it? Very similar. The the thing we can yell back and forth and laugh about is one company copying another, but this is one thing I will say that I'm happy Samsung is doing. Um, As people remember, uh, a lot of people threw a a croak fit that Samsung was copying Apple with triple-click home. Uh, And there was even a lawsuit in Germany about this not too long ago. I am absolutely happy that they chose to do something like that uh, because it's a familiar thing. And we jokingly talked off air uh, about uh, how Mac OS is starting to emulate some things in JAWS. And I don't know that that's necessarily a good or a bad thing. I just know that it is a thing that people talk about a lot when they try to flip from one operating system to the other. And so there are some similarities to iOS and TouchWiz. I don't know anymore if that's a bad thing. It, and LG are doing it now too, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. See LG well, are now I've, doing triple-click home. It's something I kind of wish Motorola had done. I have a friend who has a Moto X first gen, and it it's kind of interesting. He just moved, after dropping it in the water, to a Moto Ultra. And mm. the sensitivity on that device versus the X is kind of interesting because on the X, he was able to kind of have that really pay attention to him and not pick up erroneous drive-by Googling. And it was really funny because he didn't recognize that he used the word okay in his everyday language so much. Whereas the X was really good about picking up, okay, Google. He will be in a conversation with people and he'll just say, okay, and it'll go bloop. (laughs) <laughs> like it's paying attention, <laughs> waiting for him to finish. And yeah. so all of us have yeah. gotten very good at leaning into the phone saying, potato, 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 you know, or something <laughs> random like that. So he gets all these search things and we're like, we're going to totally skew your searches. Uh, you know, he's going to bring up Gmail and he's going to get ads for baked potatoes or mashed potatoes. <laughs> or, um, cool. And and he uh, kept saying, no, it learns my voice. No, no, not this one. The other one did, but not this one. <laughs> Um, we got an article here though about the changes at Motorola, what happened to Motorola, why they rose, then got sucked up by Google and then fell away and are kind of sort of just in midair because, uh, the sale hadn't really gone through, uh, by this record Mm. date for Motorola as a whole, which made the Motorola 360 thing very, very interesting of how much of, uh, 
there was Google and how much of that was Motorola and now how much of that might be another company purchasing them. This is an interesting article. I would definitely say to read it if you're into your history of Android, if you're into your history of Moto as a company. It is some of the viewpoints reflected in this article was kind of why I went ahead and did the S5 instead of considering another Moto. Um, Do you know what I, I miss kind of about Moto? About when you used to turn it on, they used to go, hello, Moto. Yes, <laughs> yeah, remember those I ads? I miss all that, you know. <laughs> that was back during... That was back during the Apple Rocker days. Remember yeah. the Moto yeah. Rocker? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, they used to go, hello, Moto, when you turn the phone on. I used to like that. Uh, well, <laughs> I mm. wish the new Moto G did that, but not a bad yeah. phone. It's seen an upgrade uh, for a very nice price. So the, it is the Moto G you knew, but more updated hardware. And in true Nexus-like fashion, it's the Moto G. You just didn't know that it had upgraded hardware. Uh, so mm. not the Moto G2 or the Moto G V2 or the Moto it's G anything the Moto else. G. Just the current Moto G. You've used the G before. Did these changes kind of like make you excited? No, no, but only because I've got the Nexus 5. So, and I'm happy with the Nexus 5 and the S5. But the Moto G's battery life is insane. I mean, yeah. I, I used to get two or three days of heavy use. Uh, and I mean heavy use, you know, your Wi-Fi all the time, browsing and all that stuff. And I used to get hours out of the battery on the original Moto G, uh, which I've now sold. But uh, I did. I got and and the speaker was also insane. They're so clear, aren't they? Yeah. And the you X know, got really an update well. too. So the new Moto yeah. X uh, for four hundred and forty nine dollars in the United States unlocked is a pretty doggone good deal. It's it is a, a pretty decent deal. phone. Yeah. Uh, so if you're looking for some of the power ones out there, the LG G3, which I've seen recently and do not like, and I, I will say why, I just don't get into this controls on the back of the phone thing. I just don't really volume control and all these other things on the back of a phone. I'm just Strange, not a fan. isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it is large and I see the reasoning for it because your hand naturally mm. curves and holds it that way, but I'm just not a fan. It's funny because, um, and, and it's, not, it's nothing wrong with it. It's not a criticism for no, me. No, 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 um, it's a personal preference. Like, it is a personal preference. I don't like the power button on the top of an iPhone. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. you know, you've got to sort of twist your hand around to turn it off. I prefer the, the button on the side, so I can just push with my thumb, you know. Um, you know, the, the, the Droid 4 had it on the top. And so when I got the S5, I would move my hand naturally there and disconnect calls or close yeah. the screen without thinking. Yeah. I had to retrain yeah. my brain. But the thing about the S5 is that it's so long that yeah. I've learned that I can grab the phone in other places. And yeah. oh, d deciding where I want things to be picked up and hung up, you know, I haven't had that since the original mobile accessibility from Code Factory. So the mm. idea that I can open a call with home and close it with the power button is phenomenal. I love it being is. able to change that. That is just so gorgeous. You know, we mentioned Sony earlier. They have a trio of new devices. IFA happened last week uh, at the time of this recording. So there were a lot of announcements of new hardware. I mean, boatloads of hardware and yeah. reviews. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, uh, there's competitions out there in uh, Galaxy Notes 4 versus the HTC M185.30265. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> the new HTC. Yes. The Note 4, uh, you know, it must be selling well or they wouldn't have made four versions of them. And uh, another enough. one of those where we see the Galaxy kind of open up the S series in April and the Note seems to be a September launch. Yeah. It's a yeah. larger phone, uh, more features, more better. I can't imagine a huge phone like that 
up to my ear, you know, when I'm talking to someone. <laughs> just can't imagine that. Yeah, but no. soon people, soon people with the uh, iPhone 6 Plus, they're going to do exactly <laughs> yeah. that. It's going to be fashionable. Yeah. Apple's going to make it so. Apple's going to make it fashionable. And yeah, the amount of blind people I've seen tweeting about, I don't want a large screen. I don't want, you know, but it's going to happen. <laughs> Gazelle is going to be your bestest friend. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be a whole glut of them. Or you can yeah. get the 5C, just be hungry, get a couple of boxes <laughs> of cereal. And yeah. Totally cool. Now, yeah. smartwatches. We talked a little bit last month about the band, the speaker band that you had mentioned and some, some other things. Yeah. I've seen the reviews now of the 360 watch, and I've seen some here about the LG watch. Um, mm. Certainly considering that we're the day after the announcement of a very large watch from another company, some felt like Cupertino announced this watch to kind of impede the acceptance of these watches or to to kind of stop it at the at the beginning and just pretty much say, you can put out all the little bobbles you want. Here's our version. I don't know. Did any of these reviews strike you as something that you wanted to play with? No, but primarily because the, I mean, we know the, the um, LG watch isn't accessible because Anna was talking about that. Correct. Um, so I, I don't feel that any of these watches are, are going to be magically accessible. Um, and to be fair, uh, at the record date, there was no confirmation that Apple's version is going to be as well. So that's still indeed, kind and, of... And they're not denying or confirming because it's not going to be ready till next year, is it? Anyway. Right. And so why get into that conversation if these devices aren't ready yet? So I I understand that and defend that for them to say that as well, especially since it's going to be its own OS. So there's iOS, the Mac OS, and the watch OS. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but I don't think it's unfair to say that that's a problem. I still, I don't know, skeptical about smartwatches, Joe. I I talked to you about the... In general, uh, I mean, I talked to you about the BEM, didn't I? The speaker band, right, right, and which which gives you your phone on your wrist. So why do you need a smartwatch? Now this is this is just my kind of opinion. Now I know all about you know I get it that sighted people want to be able to glance down and view their notifications. I want to hear them, um, and so if I want to hear them without getting the phone out of my pocket, um, I'll use the BEM. So the BEM for me is the nearest thing to a smartwatch, but I can't imagine what a smartwatch would give a blind person that they couldn't have on the phone paired to a BEM. Does that, does that make sense? Okay, that's a, that's a good question and a fair point. Let me, let me address it two ways. From a mainstream point of view, if I take myself out of the blindness equation, from a mainstream yep. point of view, Pebble and Fitbit and all these companies are making some money on niche situations. Companies are looking for every piece of revenue they can find, so why should they leave money on the table? Uh, mm-hmm. Apple especially is good for a term called Sherlock, and they Sherlock mm-hmm. apps and that they develop it and then pretty much kill that app uh, mm-hmm. right outright. And they do that somewhat with hardware and accessories. Occasionally they'll see an accessory out there and they'll cop it and then boom, and that company goes belly up in some occasions or moves to the next thing that they already had in mind. And... I can see why the desire for a major company to outdo a Pebble or a Fitbit or Fuel Band or any one of those things is a market that they could play with. It doesn't cost a lot. It doesn't take a bunch. And that kind mm-hmm. of thing can really work for some people. And there are some people who want to completely computize their lives. They want to have that metadata that they can sift through. Like, 
I picked up my coffee cup 32 times in an hour. Hmm, that's interesting. I burned <laughs> 0.3 calories. I am not that kind of person. I think that's interesting that some people like to have that kind of control of information. Yeah. It is not something mm. I would use. And getting now to the second point, me personally, there's a heart rate monitor on my Galaxy S5. I've yet to jack with S Health or that. One day I shall, uh, just to see what the accessibility is like. But part of me also doesn't necessarily want to submit my biometric anything to anyone. And I, and that kind of gets into the iWatch here for a second. And I doggone it, I'm trying not to do that. Uh, the Apple Watch, that watch authenticates by looking at your body. And when it's no longer in contact with skin, then it doesn't allow anybody to authenticate. It actually has to go back onto a person, make contact with skin, and then you have to re-enable your PIN for automatic payments and the like, which is fascinating and super smart. Um, mm. But at the same time, I wasn't wild about Touch ID. I don't use the fingerprint reader on my S5. I just, for me, again, mm. dear listener, personal preference, I'm an old curmudgeon and I'm not sure I'm ready to play with wetware or biometrics because I'm willing to give up things that I do. I'm willing to give up things I might know, but I'm not really thrilled with giving up things that I am. And that's just my personal mm. thing. So I think it's a very interesting conversation and certainly younger people or people who are nowhere near as close minded as myself who post every status update possible on Facebook uh, might feel differently about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, but I, I suppose the point I was really trying to get at, Joe, is that the, mm -hmm. the the watch, I can understand using the watch for detection and well, how about as a mobility passing, aid, passing data to the phone. Yeah, but but as a mobility aid in in the Apple Keynote, um, yeah. you had them talk about how it could connect with Apple Maps. And it could actually vibrate in such a way that you know that a left turn or a right turn is upcoming. For deaf-blind individuals, that could be huge. So, so there, there may be some use cases that you and I might not think of personally, but some bright person out there might be able to. Look at the voice for uh, Google Glass. Um, my, my, yeah, know. but my devil's, my devil's advocate says, why not make <laughs> the phone vibrate? Well, you know, the phone's in your pocket. Let me it. say, let me say this. Did you think when you first thought of touchscreens that people in the northern part of the countries, especially let's say the United States, but definitely in your neck of the woods, some other places would not be able to interact with those screens with gloves on? Yeah, but you can now, can't you? Well, you can, but it took a while for that to happen. So there are yeah. some people who might be, yeah. oh, where's Anna when I need her? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, not able I'm, to I'm, feel vibrations in certain parts yeah. of their anatomies. That, like, <laughs> I'm kind that of is so an anastatement, dog on it. And um, <laughs> so having it on your wrist might actually be a better. I can't even blame it now on her. That was totally yeah. Anyway, you can't, you, uh, yeah. she's gonna write me. She's gonna hear this episode. She's gonna. What do you mean? I was like, yeah. Well, you're usually the one who. Does I'm, this? Kind I'm playing. Of thing. I'm playing devil's advocate, Joe, and I'm also sure. being a bit of an old curmudgeon like you. Because I use I use my BEM for GPS, for example, sure. mm -hmm. and it tells me I'm going left and right. I don't need it to vibrate, but I, for deaf blind people, that would be great. Um, but I don't see it as alternative watches. controls. I, I think I was talking people, about. I, I, think I think some people have thought about, about watches, wouldn't you know? it be cool if I could just move my arm down quickly and let that be a down arrow? Right. I've seen people say that on Twitter, yeah. and 
I have the same feeling about that that some people have said about the Connect <laughs> from Microsoft. And I've just you know, had a thought. You know, you just shake hands with your mate. You know, and all of a sudden your phone <laughs> you start reading whatever's in your email. <laughs> yeah, that would be multiple times. And if, if you're really yeah. one of those three arm, you know, up and down kind of people, you know, it's it's you know. If you meet somebody that you're really trying to put that power handshake to, you know, hi, how's it going? You very aggro. And now I've read half of my email for the day. Uh, you imagine, no, you're imagine right. These, and all these blind people smacking in the face because they're doing a gesture, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, but I mean, some please. people have thought about these kinds of alternative ways of of interacting, and and during the keynote, I heard that you triple tap the watch face to do blank, and I went, "You do what now?" Oh, really? <laughs> you know, hmm, I wonder if that's going to work out. And yeah. you know, if yeah. if a company decides that these gestures could be used more by the mainstream audience than, say, us as a blind audience. You know, that is a very interesting conversation yeah. to have. I'm very, yeah. very, very curious to see how that works because you've taught an audience to expect a product to act a certain way. And now you're going to kind of modify that. And we've seen this before. There are certain keystrokes uh, that have run into Windows conflicts or there are certain yeah. keystrokes that uh, a company would do in one release of a product but then go, nah, we're going to move that over here. You know, uh, control Z totally means blank. You know, it's like, what? No, wait, how did Z enter into this? Why did it do that? And because mm -hmm. uh, that was the only available letter on the keyboard. We thought that this <laughs> one meant more because it had that first letter. I, I agree with you. I, I Alternative keyboards. Remember, everybody is like, there has to be a better way than the QWERTY. And some people mm -hmm. tell me about Dvorak. I'm not a big fan of that either. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I really don't know. And I don't think these companies know because in all of this, I don't think... They've defined, Steve, what the watch is for in the mainstream. I think what they've defined it as, we could sell boxes. And that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, actually, we because I mentioned the BEM last month, Joe, we now sell a cap, a, a baseball cap. And you put the cap on and you've got a pair of bone conduction speakers in there. So now you have a Bluetooth baseball cap. And that's another way of doing it. I'm loving it. Uh, now, yeah. now I wish JJ was here because he could make total jokes about baseball in, in Detroit and <laughs> as, yeah, as all guys, sorts but... of all sorts of musical comments and the like. So yeah, we miss um, you two guys. Oh, yeah, we do absolutely. We do. We um, do. It wouldn't just be but, two blokes talking. But since we're talking wearables, yes, you know, um, yeah, the old the old baseball cap is quite good. But you've got to get the speakers just in the right place. Ah, uh, that would make sense. Otherwise, uh, it, you know, you, it, it, you hardly it, hear you, it, you know. I was about to say, and if you have a, you know, a very large hairdo, that mm. would. <laughs> or if you've got a big hair like me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's, there, there, I wasn't making any assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty good thing. You know, it's, it's pretty neat to be able to have your hat on your head and hear the phone coming through your skull, you know, but it's a bit weird. Well, we've come to the end of the news, but that's not the end of the discussion. And we've still got a demo and some other fun stuff still to come up on that Android Show 32. So please stay with us after this break. It is with sound mind and body that I, James Fredericks III, after fighting with all direct family members for decades, leave my entire fortune of $32 million to the one friend I had in the end, the package delivery guy, Matt Songer. I had a feeling about this. Uh-huh. I'm rich. Oh, this cannot be happening. Actually, it's not happening. What? what? And it never will. I don't get it. There aren't even people here. 
That's just one of those murmuring sound effects. Seriously? Listen, if you want to have money in your future, don't rely on luck. Huh. Put 10 bucks away each month. Cook once in a while instead of eating out. Okay. Pay down your high-interest credit card. Right. Small changes today, big bucks tomorrow. So, no inheritance? Uh, no. Go to feedthepig.org for more free ideas. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. And just to be clear, no inheritance, right? Hey everyone, Joe back here to talk about Google Now Launcher and uh, TouchWiz. Now, we've discussed this on a couple of shows about what is a launcher, and of course you've heard Steve talk about Nova Launcher and that he's a big fan of it, but that he doesn't exactly really need it as much anymore that he has the Galaxy and TouchWiz. And some of the things that I'm going to show you in a moment are backported now from the Galaxy S5 to the S4, uh, that not everything, but some things. So what I'm about to show you is a Galaxy S5 running the latest update from September 2014 on the newest version of TalkBack that was um, released also for late September 2014. So 4.4.4 Android is what I'm playing with here. And the Google Now Launcher uh, is the also September 14 uh, 2014 edition. And that, uh, will help give you an idea of what kind of phone and what kind of timeline we're talking about here. When you hear these demonstrations now to come back to what I was saying a second ago, a launcher is sometimes a really neat way of being able to get around some of the bloatware that we have seen on Android phones in the past. Samsung's TouchWiz just changes that paradigm completely. Whereas things like Moto Blur, which is almost non-existent, and in fact, it's pretty much stock Android on the latest Moto X 2014 edition, Moto Blur and HTC Sense and some others uh, are starting to kind of sort of fall by the wayside because some people feel like the more Unitarian or vanilla versions of Android are better. But Apple has kind of pressured Samsung in a way to consider accessibility in a lot more features and a lot more ideals in order to sell phones or to be able to go into more government contract type situations because of accessibility needs. With that said, TouchWiz uh, is improving and has a lot of features that are like, wow, that talks who knew that talked and of course there's things like we've talked about on this episode about screen curtain and that that was available on samsung phones not necessarily on those running just stock android but if you want to experience the stock android feel or at least what comes on nexuses then the google now launcher is a good way of being able to do that and recently google had opened that up for almost all phones running kitkat to be able to use this launcher so I have rebooted the phone in order to get a screen to come up. Now, sometimes you can hit backspace in an application to be able to get the same screen to come up, uh, to be able to switch between things. And those of you who are used to the old classic, uh, Android, say like in the years of, uh, two point X, you will see the screen if you played with different launchers, uh, especially if, uh, you have uh, eyes free shell. Uh, so you would hit this screen. Google now launcher. Couchways easy home. TouchWiz Home. So you can choose between those two. TouchWiz Easy is the simplified menu of the TouchWiz interface. Uh, less complicated and not everybody likes that. But let's start right now with, say, um, TouchWiz Home. TouchWiz Home. Home screen. So I'm on my home screen with TouchWiz Home and uh, you have 
multiple screens. You have like three or four or five screens that you can swipe back and forth to. One of the big differences between say Google Now Launcher and TouchWiz is that Flipboard is automatically installed. So if I swipe two fingers and go to my right. My magazine. Double tap and hold to drag and drop. Okay, so you can set up uh, your RSS feeds and your reader feeds right there with my magazine, which is literally just Flipboard. You can swipe that back. I'll go to, oops. Flipboard. Nope, nope. Double tap and hold swipe to, to the left. Home screen. And I'm back to home screen Page one. Five. I can also get rid of things. Uh, recent apps. Let's say. Three recent close all button. Home Love screen. that, by the way. That is one of the coolest things in TouchWiz is that you have a close all button to close everything out of quote unquote the app switcher. So if you swipe the other way in, in Google Launcher, you'll actually get to Google Now, and I'll demonstrate that in a little bit. But the other thing that's big and different about TouchWiz is that you can actually move things around on the screen like Steve has talked about. So I'm going to find an app. The walk. Google folder. Look, my pilot. I'm going to grab pilot. my pilot here. Uh, my pilot is an app for finding out gas stations. And it's one of the ones my driver uses when I go to do Saratech work. So we look for what gas is coming up and how cheap it is. I'm going to move him. Mipilot. I double Row tap. One, column one. Row create one, column folder. one. All right. So I could create a folder. It's giving me cues. If I move him. Row one, column three. Row two, column three. All right. Row one. Column, I'm going to put him one, back. Column two. Item moved. Oops, I moved him. Oops, I don't want to do that. Double tap, move him back. Page two of five. Oops, I actually did a two finger. Page one of five. Mipilot. Laura one, column two. Create other keyboard shown. Nope, don't want to do that either. Home screen. Folder created. Unnamed folder. Laura one. Column two, row one, row one, column one. There. Item moved. And I'll have to move him out of there and actually move him back to the way I want it. But as you saw, I actually created a folder fairly easily uh, because my hands were a little sticky on my screen here. And I actually ended up creating a folder. But my pilot is still there and I actually moved it back to where I want it. Now I actually have to go in here later after I finish this recording and put him back the way I want. But creating folders are very easy and you can hear how that was actually said. Um, so that was kind of nice and, uh, an extra bonus I didn't expect on this demo. <laughs> and so, uh, you have some audio cues that are involved on the home screen as well as you have certain things that the phone detects. Like when you go into the camera, uh, Samsung recognizes talk back is on and will tell you some things and make things a little easier. Now I'm going to go over here to, uh, the Google now launcher. Application. Applications. Okay. Let me get there. Page two of five. Google. Google keyboard. Google now launcher. Okay. So I have gone into my applications and I'm on the Google now launcher. Home. Okay. Now I'm in Google now launcher. Google now. Cart menu button. And one of the things you might have noticed, let me actually close my home screen there. Screen off home. 9.08 a.m. It even changed the way that the screen lock announces. Uh, when TouchWiz is up, it will say swipe two fingers to unlock the screen because I don't, I don't have my passcode on right now because uh, I don't want to broadcast that all over our network. You can tell just by even the lock screen 
that you're getting less feedback or notifications or tooltips. Now that might sound inviting, uh, but it is kind of disconcerting to those who are gotten used Screen to off. the uh, way of doing things on TouchWiz. 909A, device unlocked, home. So I'm in the home screen, which is Google Now. And if I swipe two fingers to my home right. Home screen one of two. Home screen Play one store. of two, as you can hear. I don't have five screens. I could probably create more if I want to. But sliding back to the left, instead of getting to, or excuse me, sliding my. Google Now. Sliding back to the right puts me into Google Now. And uh, actually, as an update, someone actually had said if I had actually uh, in Google now swiped to the right instead of, um, you know, left, which I'm used to doing in Google now, uh, I would actually be able to dismiss things in this view without having to go back to the first home screen. They are right. And I appreciate that. You were correct. So I'm going to come back over here. Home screen one of two. The icons are very minimal. Of course, I have the uh, thing up here at the top. Search button. Search button. Of course, it wouldn't be a Google thing if it didn't have search. And down here on the bottom, I have... Play Store. Folder. Google. Right. I have a Google folder, actually, with a bunch of Google apps. Uh, I'm going to move... Play Store. Play Store. And he's at the Double bottom tap to select. Right. right. Doubled. Long pressed Play Store. I'm moving him up and down, and I Play. have home screen two of three. See, nothing. No, I moved him all around the screen. I actually moved him to another home screen, and I only know that uh, it moved to a home screen because I saw the swipe, and it sort of said home screen two of three. So I don't get the feedback that I was getting on TouchWiz at all, and I actually lose some functionality in places. And that is kind of interesting because for a long time on this show, we've talked about how you really didn't want TouchWiz and you wanted the base folders and you wanted all these, you know, things stock. But just this small way of showing you how there is feedback in lots of apps and screens and the like uh, is very interesting to me to say how much Samsung has put into TouchWiz versus, say, now the Google Now Launcher. Uh, and the advantages of doing Google Now Launcher are really just basically test situations. So I'm going to get out of this. Home screen two of two. Camera. Voice AI. Play, play. My library. Play me. So you have all your Google services in Google Now Launcher, like my library and... Playbooks. Right. Voice AI. And if you're a big-time Googler, this might be good for you because all your Google, you know, stuff is right here. Apps. Chrome. Look, Chrome. Chrome. Right there. Yeah. Alert close. You're invited. Try out a new feature from Chrome. Save bandwidth and browse more securely. No. Enable Chrome. Home. <laughs> Gonna Recent close apps. This. Now, just because I'm running the launcher. Close all button. Does it mean that all aspects of Samsung are gone? The dialer is still the Samsung dialer. Menus are still very much what you're used to within TouchWiz. Um, some core portions of Samsung still remain. So you can't necessarily get the uh, white on black dialer. Um, when you go to the phone area, you are looking directly at uh, the same dialer that you have. Now, I have not experimented with the uh, Hangouts dialer, which has just come out recently. Uh, and so I don't know uh, if that changes anything. But certainly you could add the Hangouts dialer to Google Now Launcher and really live a lot in the Google ecosystem. And, of course, down here on the dock is where I'm playing around with to get to Chrome. Mobile. Keep. 
I've owned a text to speech. I've owned right. Amy UK. This is all stuff that I have. Home school applications. Here's the doc. The application settings. Settings. Messages. Phone. Right. Those are ones that I've had in touch with. And if I go back to Google now, launcher. Camera. I'm in the dock and camera. I have camera. Chrome. Chrome. App Hangouts. Phone. Right. So it it even changes what's in my dock. And uh, you can customize all of that, of course. So, but just so you know that when you're in these different places, uh, you're going to get these different experiences and what Google thinks is defaults. Um, naturally on the touch whiz is things like S health and other Samsung related things. So really it's like shortcuts or built-in shortcuts for those who are not completely familiar or comfortable making customizations. Chrome. Home screen so, one of, home um, screen one of two, the, home screen one of two uh, settings. ability, I'm going to get back out of here. Screen off the ability to use TouchWiz versus Google Now is very interesting, of course. You can experiment with this and you can always go back and uninstall. Uh, you, geez, you can almost uninstall TouchWiz, which I think would be very bad and I won't experiment with that because I'm actually kind of used to TouchWiz. Uh, but you can add Google Now Launcher or remove Google Now Launcher if you want to. Um, it can simulate some basic ways of looking at things from a Google perspective or a naked Nexus perspective. As you heard, um, TalkBack interacts with more portions of TouchWiz than it used to, and it is a much more guided experience. And in some ways, like in the creation of folders or moving things around on the screen, uh, Steve uh, doesn't use Nova nearly as much as he used to. Deleting a thing is really easy because you could tap on it and drag it up to the top and it'll say remove folder or remove icon. So... It's really graying the lines between what we used to say here on the show about whether you needed to stay completely stock Android or not. And it's neat that we have the ability to slip back and forth because in some ways, uh, the ability to use these launchers were not available or, uh, you'd have to mod your phone in order to get the stock Android experience. And while this is not a pure way of looking at stock Android, because like I said, some portions of, of, of. Samsung jump out ahead no matter what, because they're core to the phone. It's still a neat way to be able to experiment. And it affects such things as even the lock screen behavior, which is really a trip. Now you can experiment yourself by going to the Google play store and grabbing the Google now launcher. Just remember that you want to not hit always for something like in the case of, uh, where I showed you a screen where there was the, uh, various home screens of TouchWiz Home Easy and TouchWiz Home and Google Now Launcher, you want to make sure that you go just once or just tap on that icon just once in order for that not to be a permanent change because otherwise you're going to have to un uninstall something or go get something like uh, Eyes Free Shell in order to get that switcher back, uh, which I actually have had to do with somebody who uh, hit that always key just once and was like, Oh my gosh, how do I get back to what I want? And so we had to go get the ice free shell, install it. Then you would get that menu selection again, and then you could delete, uh, go into the one you want and then delete the others. So that way you have the experience that you want all the time, rather than falling into the trap of, oops, I went back too far. Wait, I didn't mean to touch that. Yikes. Understand that sometimes this will take up memory on the phone. And it can sometimes act like you have various profiles on the phone. And then if you don't have a lot of memory or if your phone isn't really good with a massive processor, this might actually slow you down a little and you might find yourself removing launchers in order to have more memory space, time, effort, energy, and resources. So this is just a quick look at the differences between the two. 
you can definitely experiment and see what you think and leave us comments at uh, resources at serotalk.com or contact us via iBlink Radio in the iReport section right there on your Android app <gasps> or or iOS we or, or Kindle Fire or Mac or, hey, we're not picky. Just go ahead and leave us some feedback. For the Serotalk Podcast Network, I'm Joe Steinkamp talking about Google Now Launcher. Welcome everyone back to That Android Show, and I am very happy to have from Code Factory, Melody Andrus, who I haven't seen since San Diego. How have you been? Have you lost your tan, Melanie? Uh, actually, I must be saying I haven't had enough time to get a tan when we were in San Diego <laughs> for too much work out there. I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, and you were super busy doing demos and showing off uh, voices, if I remember correctly. Yes, exactly. And it was for the first time that we could actually show the voice on Android. <laughs> you know, you say the voice and you're not kidding. I heard that voice all throughout the summer at the conventions that I attended. I heard it on many a Galaxy S5, that voice just going right on through. And a lot of people said it was the speech rate and the speed at which they really enjoyed it and why they felt like it was definitely worth the purchase. Mm, I think everyone knows what we're talking about, right? Everyone knows uh, what the voice is. I would say eloquence for Android kind of <laughs> speaks for itself. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It certainly was a conversation on our show uh, during the months of June and July. And I would say that voice, that that read, if you will, uh, <laughs> is very popular. Uh, yes, our the feedback we have received throughout the whole world and throughout the whole blind community was really amazing. Like people were welcoming so happily back into their lives because they said, okay, technology advanced and everything advanced, but sometimes maybe the best things are the ones we are used to, it, the older things actually. So we are very happy that we've done for them a great job to bring in this, let's say, older voices back to those new technologies. Yeah, it's funny to say that because there's just something about the familiarity, especially if you're going to start on an operating system you're not familiar with. It's nice to have that friendly voice that you're accustomed to working with you. And again, that the way the interrupt speed and all worked really well for a lot of people. Did you notice anything when developing for Android? And you guys have been in the Android market for a, quite some time now. Did that help you kind of sort of approach how to make that voice work? Was there any challenges with Android versions or hardware? No, actually, it went quite smooth because, as you're saying, we have now more than three and a half years of experience on when we launched our first Android product. I say like we started programming on Android about four years ago. So we really count on a very professional team when we look at that platform. So it went all very smooth. Outside of the U.S. and the EU, uh, there are some emerging markets that are probably using not the latest edition of Android out there. Um, was there any uh, concerns about how far back these voices could go, or did you did you feel like the emerging markets were kind of the future, and that it wasn't going to be that big of a problem to move these voices into those realms of uh, Android? Yeah, I mean, we were actually thinking that the main markets would be more the um, Obviously, the US market, we're looking at the UK, Germany is also very fond on the eloquence voices. But then to our surprise, we've seen also very strong going is Brazil. It's not such an emerging market, but still for us, it was a very big surprise that especially Brazilians 
are buying a lot of those licenses now and it seems to be very important for them so for us it's obviously very important that it works also on older versions some people do say that brazil is kind of the new china and that that is probably the next explosive growth and certainly probably during the world cup <laughs> there might have been a few more licenses <laughs> taken on i would imagine you got put at least on the map, right? <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> German true. myself, so I don't have too many Brazilian friends out there anymore. Yeah, no, so. that makes a lot of, uh, I get you. Um, <laughs> with, with that going on, you guys do have other releases that are coming up. And uh, one of the questions that I actually had from my uh, co-hosts here on that Android show, um, Steve Nutt actually meant to ask this question, and I think he's going to be really thrilled with your answer. Let's talk Braille and Braille drivers. It wasn't enough that you guys were doing some fantastic work with Eloquence, uh, but there seems to be something coming up in regards to how Braille support is going to work with CodeFactory. Yes, I mean, everyone can imagine that um, screen readers for mobile devices is not such a great business for, for CodeFactory anymore. Thank God there's now all this out-of-the-box screen readers that everyone offers. We've put our fair share of work and collaboration into that with a lot of the manufacturers. So we're very pleased about this. But what we've seen that most of those companies, when we look at, for example, BlackBerry or RIM, when we look at Microsoft, they don't really focus that much on Braille support. And then all those years that we developed our Braille code, we've always had such a great feedback of users and always said, oh, my God, we actually really love your Braille support. We actually still get that, especially when we look at Android. We have so many people that say, okay, Brailwick is now so much better than it used to be, but we still think your Braille support is better, which obviously is something we really enjoy listening to. So <laughs> when we decided we're probably not going to develop any more screen readers for mobile devices ourselves, we just decided, okay, we have two options. We either let the Braille code die with us. And when I say die with us, I mean for screen readers or mobile devices, or we really do something for the community and make our Braille code open source. So we've wow. been working the last six months on doing that. And it's about to be released. It should be out before the end of the month. That is going to be really huge, especially for, for those who ha may have some misgivings on how Braille and speech work within the Android community or how one is tied mm -hmm. to the other. And certainly that's going to be a huge thing for the Braille companies out there who are working alongside that. So sounds like there'll be a bunch of happy people heading into the holiday with something new to play with on their Android devices and uh, using Braille. Well, let's just hope that a lot of the manufacturers like Microsoft, like Google, they really will look into that code and maybe they can use part of it or all of it for including it in their own Braille projects. That's really something we're hoping for. That is fantastic. I think Steve will be very happy with that answer. I don't think he'll, he will, uh, <laughs> I don't think he will believe himself in that, uh, something that he was hoping for comes through. So that's going to be f the amazing. And certainly people like Nolan Darelek who did spiel and the like that certainly gives them an opportunity to look at that for say, um, ASOP platforms, you know, so say something like Cyanogen or another place where that could actually help in another open source type community. Yes, I, I have high hopes that we haven't done that for nothing, that really people start taking that on. We also have hopes for when we look at, for example, the Mozilla Firefox platform, we also hope that they can integrate that in their products they're working on. So 
yeah, we're really excited and hope this is going to really take off. Now, there are other things that you guys are working on. As you said, you're winding down on the on the screen reader portions of the of how things work. But you guys are going through a transformation of an, just all sorts with uh, website and other projects uh, that are ahead of you. Yeah, it's actually from today that when you go to codefactory.es, you will be redirected to codefactoryglobal.com. Yes, it's finally time for Code Factory to go global as well. And what we actually do, we, um, based on our experience with um, working on joint products with Nuance, the makers of Eloquence, when we've done our mobile accessibility for Android together with their vocalizer expressive technology, and then we've launched their Eloquence, we've seen we really do have a lot of things in common and we just signed up for being their official distribution partner for vocalizer expressive in Europe. That is amazing. So a very new field, yeah, to go into. But I think we've shown over the years that we are kind of good in text-to-speech integration in different products. So this is really something we would like to investigate a little bit more and see how successful we can be there. Well, that's got to lead you to looking at all sorts of platforms then and, and opportunities uh, that, well, okay, you probably can't talk about today, but I, I'll, I'll see what I can do here. Is there something maybe in Code Factory's future with this wonderful partnership? There's something that you could be uh, venturing into that might not be what people might consider Code Factory to be known for? Well, what we are looking for at the moment, especially um, when we're still trying to really make Eloquence on Android growing big. And the first step was actually we signed um, with one of the note taker makers. We can't just say yet with who we signed. So soon there'll be a note taker out there on sale that comes with eloquence already on it. So I think that's great news for some people out there as well. So definitely something for me to kid you about next time I see you in San Diego. I'm actually not going myself next year for sure because I'll be on maternity leave. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. You you yeah, timed it, right? Yeah, you specifically see. timed it so you didn't have to get on that plane. I'm just going to say uh, you, yeah. you, you, <laughs> the nine-month calculator. Every two years, but my husband already told me, okay, this is the last one. <laughs> You're not going to get out of the other ones. Well, it sounds so. like there's uh, all sorts of expansion going on over at Code Factory. Uh, well, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, this is uh, a lot of news to take in all at once, and certainly people can go to the new website to be able to find out about some of this information, that's for sure. Uh, Is there anything that we didn't touch on uh, already today that you want to hit on uh, today, uh, Melanie? I'm just always um, very happy if I can take the opportunity to remind everyone Code Factory is also still very big in accessibility consulting, which means, please, for those that know app makers that do applications that are not accessible with any kind of screen readers on different platforms, send them over to us. We really, really think it's important that now mobile devices are accessible. Let's not stop there. Let's make sure applications on all different platforms are accessible with those screen readers. Because if not, what we're going to do with a smartphone if we can't use our apps properly? And so. who better to do that than a company that's been on multiple platforms, uh, knows mobile really well, has developed APIs. Uh, it would definitely be you guys uh, and how you approach and how you look at development. So where can people contact you or learn more about Code Factory to be able to provide feedback? Well, everyone that wants to contact us can actually go to our new website, codefactoryglobal.com and go to this new 
really great link contact us and they will see who's the best person for them to contact and then we will get back to them and we will be really happy if we can make this really grow as quickly as possible so to everyone can have their apps accessible well that is fantastic news and to get those links again go to the show notes at thatandroidshow.com if you're listening to us on SPN radio on our streaming radio station remember that's the best place to be able to find this information is to head on over to the show notes and if you're listening to us on iBlink radio hey those show notes are available right there within the app and you can find out all this information and more Melanie, thank you for your time today. And again, congratulations on all the wonderful news over there at Code Factory. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure being on the show. And once I have more information on that Android note taker, get me back on it. Absolutely. And then you'll have to let me know who I get to pick on in San Diego. That'll work out really fine. I did a quid pro quo, you know. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that. Have a wonderful day. And thank you for coming on SPN. Thank you. Bye. Welcome back to that Android show. And during the discussion portion, you know, we get into trouble sometimes when we talk about the other guys. But I think it's important for us to kind of sort of look over the recent Apple event and discuss, if anything else, just what got copied and, and what's been kind of sort of, well, all right, let's start with NFC, doggone it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's NFC something that, for you and me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's something yeah. that has been... Uh, in our wheelhouse for some time has been seen on a lot of Android phones. I think it was a capitulation by Apple to accept the inevitable (laughs) (laughs) that NFC was a format, certainly outside the United States. I think that's where they had to give it up was they might be able to push an alternative in the United States, but when you travel outside the United States, that wasn't going to work. And if you got China, India and the UK and EU pushing on all three sides, there was nowhere to go. Well, yeah, NFC, they had to do it, I think, eventually. Agreed. And I, I think for secure payment, I think for yeah. a lot of opportunities for e-commerce, I yeah. think that was a no-brainer. And I think a lot of us have felt that way and, and we're kind of sort of vindicated in our two-year yelling about, you will, <laughs> you will choose <laughs> NFC, dog, got it? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, as you say, we've had NFC. I think NFC's in pretty much every Android phone. Yeah, around especially them. the newer ones. Uh, yeah. I mean, there were still some budget phones that might not necessarily have that, but most of the newer yeah. ones and all the flagships pretty much are, yeah. are leaning in yeah. that direction. Walmart and others had always been wanting to do NFC for invoice, uh, for inventory and the like, and there was yeah. just a lot of things going that way. And I think really what, and this is speculation, I think what Apple wanted to do was more wireless technology. And there were reports I had read on iMore and other places that there was a lot of bleed over with iBeacons. Like if every store in a shopping mall had iBeacons, it was getting very confusing for the device to know which store it was accurately in. And what people really want is absolute consent that you are ready to make a purchase, right? So, Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm glad that the... Um NFC, that Apple have copied NFC because they've acknowledged something that is cross-platform. <laughs> As JJ you know? rightfully tweeted, there are <laughs> 20,000 retail outlets in the United States who are already using NFC payment systems. So <laughs> Exactly, yes. Nice, nice tweet by JJ. Um, I do feel <laughs> yes. sorry for Square. Uh, mm. Square had to see the writing on the wall and that's certainly why a lot of key execs were starting to leave the company and why Square was looking into alternative payments, trying to go the eBay slash PayPal route. But I, I just don't know that Square readers 
will have a big long life now if all companies are starting to lean into NFC. Mm, yeah, it's a good thing though. I'm glad Apple did it. I agree. And I'm I'm glad that at least there's something that we can sort of count on. And there's some people who are actually using a version of iBeacons for Android. So there is some crossover as well. I, yeah. I will say iOS 8 being more open, alternative keyboards. <laughs> yes, feels I very was going to mention well. that, Joe. Yeah. So I was going to uh, say, can we talk about iOS 8 as well? I thought it was really interesting that Flexi pulled their stuff from the App Store and said, hey, this is in anticipation of iOS 8. And yeah. Our coming out party as your default keyboard. Bah, you know, mm. so <laughs> yeah. I think you see that as well as the larger screen. Certainly you could say that there's some cannibalization that Apple is very famous at eating their own to promote their newest product. But I'm going to stand on the side of Android and say the market was pushing you to 4.5, 4.7 and 5.5. They were pushing you there. And yeah. by them doing that, Certainly, they're going to say it's the bestest, awesomest thing in the world, and it makes a lot of sense for us. But it does feel very much like a me too in that they're moving to what is kind of the minimum default size for Android. You very rarely see anything at a 4.2 or 4 anymore in Android releases. No, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, again, third-party keyboards and third-party, you know, more, more, a little bit more openness is good. Agreed. And... It will make things easier for those who want to switch back and forth because actually that's another reason why. Certainly some people think that there was one metric that was out there that said that 40% of the Android users choose an Apple phone as their next phone. And that's one that actually Tim Cook had pointed out at WWDC. Certainly coming up to a 4.7 and a 5.5 or having some more openness or bringing over your Swift key or something like that that you're familiar with that just makes it easier for you to come over to the Apple way of thinking. And mm -hmm. that was no different when Intel Mac started running Windows. See, you can have yeah. the best of both worlds. Yes, absolutely. It's insidious, I tell you, insidious. <laughs> insidious. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But I, I, I think there was some good things that came out of that event. Certainly the watch technology, like we were saying in the earlier portion of the program, that has a lot of potential for everyone, not just mm. blind individuals and not just uh, iOS or Android users. I do think the lock-in was interesting, you know, because here you are saying Samsung does a lot of things to me, Apple, but this time Apple is going to do a lock-in with the Apple Watch to the iPhone, which feels very much like the Galaxy Gear. Actually, yes, it does. Um, I think you're talking about the, the, the skin contact thing, aren't you? Well, I'm talking um, about that, but the fact that it has to be paired with an iPhone. The same yes. way that you kind of have to use the Galaxy Gear on higher-end Samsung devices. Yeah. That, oh. that feels like a direct cut, copy, and paste. It does. Now, Absolutely. I've done some research into this, and uh, I also listened to Renee Ritchie of uh, iMore, who appears on MacBreak Weekly on Twit, and... Part of the reason why these devices are having to pair to phones so often is that the chips that are used for some of the radios and some of the uh, processing run very, very hot and can be kind of cooled down by being larger or wider in a phone or can have more uh, ways of dissipating heat. Whereas on your yeah. arm, we're used to a smaller device and it could actually burn your arm at the heat that this would go because it couldn't cool them fast enough or do the same kinds of ways of doing things. So it makes sense now to me that data has to transmit before these devices to is something like a phone. Because remember, a lot of people cracked on Google for 
Google Glass connecting to a phone or tethering. A lot of people mm. ran over Samsung for the Galaxy Gear tethering. But now that Apple does it, there seems to be some logic here to why it's done for no other reason than Apple's not a dumb company. They are not filled with crazy yokels. They are very smart individuals. And if they couldn't make it work on its own and it had to pair, then that makes a lot of sense now. And yeah. uh, both are accessories, I think is very interesting too, because both the gear and what seems to be the early versions of the Apple I Apple Watch. The Apple Watch. <laughs> it's be, not the iWatch. I know, no. I know. The eye is dead. Long, yeah, long live the eye. eye is dead. Yeah, Watch OS as well. Yeah. So Watch, watch OS. OS. Yeah, it's own. It, well, there's Android yeah. Wear, right? Yeah. Feels yeah. very familiar. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> and again, we're not bashing. We're just kind of sat there Look. as Android fans yesterday. JJ, especially on Twitter, myself and Steve, <laughs> we sat there on Twitter yesterday at the time of this recording, it was yesterday, just going, wow, deja vu. Wow. <laughs> deja vu, yeah. familiar. Where have we heard this before? Well, you yeah. you called us a toxic hell stew just three months ago, but yet, <laughs> you know, how, how interesting. I, yeah, that's hmm. right, yeah. Yes. That's, that's very yeah. interesting that you feel this way. Um <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, if you want to see us as your beta unit, fine. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, yeah. it just seemed wow. very strange. And it, to hear some of the things that we have all expounded upon and beat our chests on and said, this is the flag of Android. You know, this yeah. is where we stand. This is what we do. And this is who we are. And in fact, Android central, I'll see if I can get it out of our, uh, that Android show, Twitter feed at twitter.com slash that Android show. I'll see if I can grab that out of there in that there was an article about just exactly what, what was feeling extremely familiar about the mm. Apple event. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it does lead one to believe that, you know, minus some feelings about talkback and general app accessibility, you must say that this is kind of interesting and in that even, and, and understand I, we can't say too much about that because uh, I'm under a developer agreement here at Serotech, but there are some familiarities about the upcoming iOS 8 with Explore by Touch that are Indeed. going to be definitely something we will probably talk about in October after iOS 8 is released on September 17th. I don't want to go too far down this this road, but for those of us who are Android fans, there are going to be some things about the new version of iOS that are going to feel familiar as well. And I don't think that you can get through life flicking, picking, and sticking. I'm, I'm not a beta tester, Joe, but I really hope they do single tap. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I you really spe hope. Speculate away, Steve. I will be glad <laughs> to let you. <laughs> <laughs> I really want Apple to do single tap. If they do that, then the iPhone is pleasant Forgive to me. Give me while I, I jump like... behind this NDA over here. Uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. Like... yeah. I, I just don't like double tapping, Joe. That's just me. Yeah. You know? Well, even, even that has been messed with a little bit. Remember, it's experimental. I don't know that they've ever taken the experimental tag off of it, have they? No, they haven't. But I mean, I know you can split tap. Don't get me wrong, iPhone fans, before you jump up and down on me and say, yeah, you can split tap, but that's two fingers. I don't want to do that. I just want a single tap. Of course, I realize <laughs> I just said that in how many years was uh, uh, Gmail in beta? It was like perpetual beta. So <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, single tap is still experimental in Android, but it works well. Yeah. It works well. I don't know. 
there is a lot of things that seem to be converging right yeah there seems to be a unified interface thing and i don't i don't know that i ever thought that was going to happen between operating systems and yeah. it is a very interesting time we live in to see things like mm-hmm. down arrow move over or to see things like triple click home come over to the android side and you know there's a neat give and take and i think all of it makes both platforms better uh, it does. in the long yes. run Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I just wish there wasn't so much fighting about things like, you know, you copied my gesture, get out of my patch. Yeah, fanboyism. You know? But I, at the yeah. same time, I think you have, for all intensive purposes, liberal versus conservative, and the only way you can find a middle is to have those fans on either side. The only way to find mm. truth or, you know, well, I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote Babylon 5 here for a moment. I'm going to pull out my EOL show moments. The Mimbari have a saying about the truth. Uh, there are three sides to the truth, your side and the actual truth. So yeah. yours, mine, and then the actual and truth. the truth, yeah. And, and so I think there's some of that. I think there has to be, I like Apple because, I like Android because, and you were wrong because. Because somewhere in the middle is our general listenership. There are people who yeah. listen to this show who are not Android fans or who even played with Android. In fact, there was one gentleman at a convention in Galveston two years ago who said, you know, I'm a fan of Triple Click Home, but I listen to the Android show because I like thinking, oh, that's what you guys had to put up with? Oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, dude, sorry? What are you talking about? I enjoy the platform. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of the platform, and I own both. So for me, I'm sorry you can't see it that way, you know, because there, uh, there's good to be found in all of these things. It's to me, Joe, it's like having Window Eyes and NVDA or JAWS and System Access or Screen Reader A and Screen Reader B. Correct. Um, if, if one tool won't do it for me, then I'll get another tool. You know, if, if yes. I have trouble with a web view that won't speak and talk back, I'll just pick up my iOS device and I'm pretty sure it damn well will. You know, so. You know, it's, it. it's, it's funny you say that because I saw Marco and a couple other famous people out there on the old interwebs say something very similar in that they had to start something on one device then move to another device to be mm. able to do that because of the limitations of all the platforms. I, I yeah. look at you, LinkedIn, um, <laughs> yeah. banking, or confirming a flight. JJ could probably talk to us about an entire show of the things he runs into when trying to do hotels and airfare for his business. Anna could probably tell us a ton of that in relation to her education background. That, you know, this textbook is this way, but she has to read this in this way in order to do this. And, you know, she's a note-taker user, so even more so, you know, she would be able to tell us a little bit about how she would prefer to have this in a note taker, being able to copy that into a format that she could use on her note taker for Braille, which would yeah. make a lot of sense. Absolutely. Well, we're not going to solve the world's problems today, and certainly there's a lot more for Apple to copy in the future, and we'll probably get a hash <laughs> of this in the October episode of that Android show, episode 33, when we get the whole crew back. But in the meantime, Steve and I have totally enjoyed things. Uh, we're going to skip the mailbag this week in favor of having the whole crew back and I didn't mean to say this week. <laughs> I did what Anna did last time. You did what Anna oh, did. Oh, I totally thought about don't do what Anna did on the outro. Don't do what Anna did. I just totally did what Anna did on the outro. We're going to skip the mailbag next month and uh, come back to it when we have the whole crew. But you are more than welcome to send us emails at resources at serotalk.com. That's resources at S-E-R-O-T-A-L-K.com. Uh, those emails do get shared with the hosts, and we do answer those emails if it's a pressing question or time sensitive. And so if it's not necessarily 
incredibly time sensitive. We'll hold it to the next show. But in a lot of cases, sending an email, you'll get a response back to some of your questions in regards to Android. Uh, minus about alternative launchers. That's one that, that this uh, Google Hangouts launcher I'm going to have to play with or talk to Byron about, see if we can find one. Because somebody wrote in and asked us about alternative launchers that have a darker theme as opposed to the one on the galaxies. And as something I run into myself where I go to dial something and a big bright white pad of numbers comes up and I go, ah, that's incredibly bright on this OLED screen. Uh, also remember you can tweet us as many people do at twitter.com slash that Android show. And oddly enough, that happens to be where our show notes are. That Android show.com is a good place to be able to find us. Uh, you can also, uh, you know, for the up to date Android type news, Sarah talk right there on the front page of iBlink Radio, available for iOS, Mac, Kindle Fire, Android, as JJ has motionly said, WebOS and other platforms maybe one day. And I'm kidding about the WebOS. No, we're not coming out from WebOS. <laughs> There's nothing to announce at this time. <clears throat> With that all said, um, hey, you can find JJ over at AT Guys. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, that contact information is available in the show notes. So definitely remember, pick up Blind Bargains on Android too. If you, if you haven't already, Blind Bargains has an app for both Android and iOS. Check that out. Also, Anna's contact information on Twitter is available on the show notes and stay up to date with her and her blog with accessible Android information. Steve, where can people find you over at the old comp room? Oh, yeah, they can find us at www.comproom.co.uk where we sell all kinds of wonderful gadgets and gizmos, some of which are for Android as well. We do Android training and all kinds of things like that. Um, you can find me at Talking Droid on Twitter as well. And some of those links to some of those products end up in the show notes as often as they do in episode 31, as well as a link to some of the stuff at AT Guys. Remember, if you really like this show, support these hosts. They do appreciate it. So head on over to their websites and learn a lot about their services. And that's a great way of paying back SPN for all the enjoyment you get out of all the things we do. Same thing with me. You can actually go over to Ranger Station. That's twitter.com slash Ranger Station, all one word. And, uh, or, hey, why don't you check out EOL Show? We talk about all sorts of crazy things like Knight Rider, available in the latest episode of EOL Show. Patrick does an amazing job at editing that. We would be lost without him on this show as well as End of Line. Of course, you could also, again, follow us, Sarah Talk, catch up on Android information that way too, twitter.com slash S-E-R-O-T-A-L-K. And go get iBlink Radio, available on the all different platforms. But if you want to learn more about what I do as a day job, head on over to Serotech, S-E-R-O-T-E-K.com, and you'll find out about our products and services. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of That Android Show. We hopefully hope that you liked what you heard, and we would like to get back to the way things usually are meant to be with the power of three with Steve, Anna, and JJ next month. But until then, have a great month. Goodbye, all. Right.